Hey, what is going on guys? DK, back at you with another video here to break down the 12 game NBA main slate. Yes, we have 12 games on Wednesday, making for a great one game showdown slate on Thursday. That being the Pistons and the Orlando Magic. Question for you guys. I asked people on the Patreon last year, but question for you. How much would I have to pay you to watch that full Pistons Magic game over the NCAA tournament on Thursday? Give me a number. I'm curious. For me, probably at least four or five hundred bucks, right? I mean, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine that. So let me know in the comment section down below how much would it take for you to watch that full game on Thursday. Uh, but yeah, if you guys are uh, new, this is first time watching. Welcome. My name is DK. I make content for uh, daily fantasy sports for Prize Picks and for NBA Top Shot. Um, the the sponsor of this video, guys, is Roast Umber who uh, I need the caffeine. I need the caffeine to stay wired, uh, to get me ready to you know tilt DFS all night long. Uh, but it is phenomenal coffee. My personal favorite, the Nitro Cold Brew. You can use my discount code DKDFS for 20% off your order. Got some giveaways and stuff planned in the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that, guys. But yeah, Roast Number, small company uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. They're big DFS players as well. So support them, help uh, you know support me. Um, discount code again is DKDFS uh, linked down below. Um, okay, so, oh, and if you want uh, premium content for daily fantasy sports, patreon.com, uh, uh, the packages are linked in the description below as well. But all right, so let's let's uh, first look back my up here from tonight. So, four games slate, right? So I'm thinking, okay, a lot of these games have blowout risk. You know, there's a lot of games that double-digit uh, spreads. Let me just stack the late game, right? Let me stack the lake game. There's no blowout risk. No way. Being played at, you know, at uh, the uh, Pelicans have been playing well. It's like a five-point spread. No risk at all. Let me just stack that game. Um, and I'll be good to go. Well, I did get some blowouts, right? The, um, the Grizzlies game, blowout. Uh, the Nets game, blowout. The Pistons game stays competitive somehow. So I'm looking at the late game like, okay, I'm looking pretty good. You know, as long as this game stays competitive going into the fourth quarter, I'm going to have at least a 3x night, right? It's going to be a great night, even even without Kyrie Irving, which we'll get to in a sec. You know, it's going to be a really solid night, 3-4x night. Um, You know, if the game maybe goes to overtime, I could take down for sure. Blowout. No fourth quarter run for Devin Booker. CJ McCollum, two minutes in the fourth quarter. Cameron Payne checks in the fourth quarter, checks right back out. Let me. It was like a 15 point game with five minutes left. I'm watching this game. I'm like, okay, there's, you know, starters got to come back. You know, CJ's in. We're good to go. I see, you know, Willie Green point to the end of the bench. See Jose Alvarado rip off his warm ups. CJ McCollum, right to the bench. Wave the white flag insanely early. Greg Popovich-esque. But, but, Kyrie Irving. In a game, they're up by 63. They're up by 63 points in the fourth quarter. Let's play them eight minutes in the fourth quarter. Give them, like, the whole blowout run. In a 15-point game, though? In a competitive game? No way. Ah, we're we're waving the white flag. Dust off Alvarado and like the likes of Bismack Biumbo. 
one position out of the cash tonight. If I just got a couple of minutes from like Devin Booker or CJ McCollum stays out for another minute, I'm cashing. No way though. No way. They're pulled early. Okay. Kyrie Irving, man. I mean, this is, this is a little bit unreal, right? I mean, when he first came back, I played him so many times at low ownership, right? The whole team to himself, you know, Katie and Harden are out. I'm just, you know, I'm just jamming in a low-owned Kyrie. And every time it's three of 20 shooting, it's the team getting absolutely destroyed and him playing 25 minutes, right? So all those times I've played him and he just doesn't do anything. And, you know, tonight, I just... The tilting's back, right? I missed DFS, uh, but wow. I mean, I, I just, I'm very tilted. I'm very, very tilted. Um, rest of my lineup, obviously, you know, I just ate the chalk with Tyus Jones and Dylan Brooks. They're both massive, massive chalk, uh, to no surprise there. Dylan Brooks, subpar game, didn't have the best shooting game. You had other pieces. I mean, Memphis just destroyed them, right? You had basically everyone else on Memphis besides Brooks absolutely smashed Again, Booker, CJ, both on pace for big games. Cameron Payne played like three second half minutes. I get an extremely low on campaign. Let's just not play him at all. He checked out like midway through the third. He checks back in for one minute in the fourth and checks out. Unreal. Campaign is on pace for 50 plus. Barely plays the second half. Um, let's see what else was there. Um, oh, I mentioned, so I'm a little bit mad I didn't plan because I mentioned this in the Patreon live stream that, you know, if you think the, the magic game was going to blow out, which I, which I was playing for that you wanted to look to a guy like Mo Wagner who would crush in a blowout and he smashed. I think he went for 17, 11 and three absolute smash and no ownership. And I'm a little bit, a little bit mad at myself. That I didn't play him because I was playing for the blowout and I knew if the game blew out, that Mo Wagner was going to smash. So like that was one where like, I'm kind of mad at myself. I didn't play him over one of these. You know, I could have taken out, you know, one of the Pacers bigs and upgraded somewhere else. But uh, that one I'm kind of kicking myself for. Because that was, that was one play I was on was uh, Wagner, if he thought the game was going to blow out. And he absolutely smashed in the blowout. Um, so, yeah, a little bit mad at myself for that one. But, yeah, guys, again, even without Kyrie Irving, it probably would have been at least 2-3x night if this game stays competitive. But, no. Nope. It's a blowout. So, oh, man. It's just one position out of the cash, really. Like, it just kind of, like, just put the nail in me and, like, twist it, right? It's just, like, insult to injury with that. But, all right, let's take a look at high stakes. This was the $3,000 Rainmaker entry. Kyrie Irving, low-owned. Again, only 10% owned. I mean, he was a fine contrarian play, but, like, this game, really, I mean, 150 points by the Nets. Uh, yeah, Tyus Jones, 98%. Uh, Bain had a good game, 15% ownership. Brooks, again, 81%. Carter Jr. was massive chalk. I thought he was a little bit over-owned. We went over that. Steven Adams, 19% owned. Jackson was massive chalk. I did not understand why Jackson was so much more popular than Jalen Smith. I talked about that a lot on the Patreon live stream, how I thought they were basically identical plays. And if Jackson was going to be 5x the ownership of Smith, then like I'm going to prefer straight up Smith every time. Now, I played them both because that's just how it fit for my lineup. But like people asked me who I preferred, I was like Jalen Smith all day long. Like you, sh- Jackson should not be this more popular, like five, six X more popular than Jalen Smith. So that one made no no sense at all for me. But that was the winning lineup again. 
and I'm tilted. I'm tilted. But hey, we got 12 games uh, to keep the tilt going for tomorrow. So let's start off with Atlanta and Charlotte. I mean, this guy, another guy who has cost me infinite money this year. If I play this guy, he can't hit a shot. It's happened like three or four times this year. Every time I play Trey Young, 10% shooting. Faded him back-to-back slates, averaging 70 fancy points a game. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, seriously, this is a really good matchup. We have no John Collins. Gallinari is back, but not a big not a big deal. So I do like Trey Young a good amount, um, assuming he can make his shots. Now, Clint Capella at 6.1K. I think it's a fair play in the mid-range. I think he'll play around 30 minutes. You know, does get boosted out John Collins. Let's put this on a of the Kongu. I think the ceiling's a little bit higher on Capella. So I think he's a decent option. Um, the mid-range guys are Madonovich, Herter, Hunter, Gallinari, all in play. I think Madonovich probably the riskiest, and I do think he has the most upside. But he's the riskiest because he's the price hit. He's the most uh, expensive of that group. And this grouping of like Herter, Hunter, Gallinari, I think are all pretty solid plays in the mid-range. I don't know if one stands out more than the other, but it's a good matchup. And I expect probably at least 25-plus minutes from all three of those guys, probably more closer to 30-minute mark. Um, Okongwa 3-9 uh, is a fair value play, right? If there's not a lot of value that opens up, then you can use him. He'll play, you know, backup center mets in around 20 in a good spot. So he's a fair play. And moving on to Charlotte. So uh, Lamella Ball at 8.5K. I mean, I feel like the Hornets have been involved in just like a ton of blowouts recently. But um, this is, like I said, a really, really good matchup. He hasn't been playing huge bets. The minutes been Lamello have been disappointing. Even in competitive games, like play him 38 minutes a game. Like why are we playing the dust of Isaiah Thomas minutes. I just, I don't understand what coaches are thinking sometimes. Like, how are you giving LaMelo only 30 minutes a game? Doesn't make sense. I think this game, he could play more if it stays competitive. So like LaMelo, um, obviously a guy that can stop the statue. Rogier has played extremely well. And I would say it's a little bit of a lower floor, but does have a ceiling. I mean, he's gone for basically 50 in four of the last five games. So Terry Rogier is one of those players. He goes on stretches, right? You can just look in the game logs. You know, stretches where he's uh, averaging about 50. Then he's, you know, struggling to maybe even average 30 fancy points a game. And, you know, then, then he's averaging 60. And then, like, you know, he's struggling. And then he's back to, you know, smashing again. Like, he just goes on stretches where he's really hot or he's really struggling. So, right now he's on a stretch where he's playing extremely well. 8.2K, have no issue getting to Rozier. Miles Bridges, um, you know, has played pretty well of late, except for when I play him against the Spurs in a great matchup. 3 of 12 shooting. 26 fancy points. Every other game, though, an absolute smash for him. Um, let's see. What else? I mean, the bigs, like Harold, Harold Plumley, Washington. None of these guys really stand out. I mean, probably one of these guys will have a good game. Plumley played 28 minutes last game against the Thunder. Had a really good game. If you want to like, take a shot at him, I guess that's okay, or Harold. But, like, none of those guys really stand out. Philadelphia and Cleveland, tougher spot here. Uh, no Jared Allen, though, so, like, Embiid, Harden, I, I think are both okay options. Embiid, 11-1, Harden at 10-1. Harden has really struggled over the last couple of games, but um, the price has come down. So, like, if I was in between the two Philadelphia stars, I would lean Harden. Well, there's really not much else I'm looking to on the Philadelphia side other than probably Harden. On the Cleveland side, so still no Jared Allen. I'm worried, though, Evan Mobley's going to start at the five, but he's going to be defending Joel Embiid. So, like, right? I was like, yeah, priced up. I don't know if I can stomach that in a 12-gamer. Garland at 9K, there's less risk. He's just playing huge minutes. Maybe 46 minutes of 41 in regulation. Um, he's probably going to get you double-digit assists. I think Garland looks pretty good. Um, if you think that, like, Mobley gets in some foul trouble, then, like, maybe you can take a shot at Kevin Love at 6'2", who has also lost me a lot of money recently. 
I do think probably your safest bet in Cleveland is Laurie Marketing, who played 41 minutes in regulation. Um, you know, only 5.7K does have small forward power forward eligibility, which kind of makes him uh, easy to get into your lineups. Denver and Washington, so Jokic, this is, this is a great match against the Washington Wizards. In a competitive game, you should play mid-30s minutes. So obviously, like Jokic, if you can afford him. The secondary options are kind of secondary plays for like Barton, Gordon, and Morris. Not much else. I mean, I'm much in Boogie. If you think the game blows out, Boogie's a guy that could crush in a blowout. We know he's super productive. And he's uh, at a price at a sub-4K price point. On the Washington side, so Porzingis got his minutes bumped up a little bit. Played 27 minutes last game. Um, you know, if he's going to start at the five, obviously there is some foul trouble risk. But Porzingis, you know, if he plays close to 30 minutes in this game, 7.2K does feel too cheap. So I'm intrigued by Porzingis for GPPs. A little bit harder to get to Kuzma. Like, I'd rather get to Porzingis of the two. Um, and then, like, maybe, like, maybe they start Gafford at the five and move Porzingis to the four and start, like, a bigger lineup. Because um, I don't really know if Porzingis can handle Jokic. We'll see. So, like, maybe a Gaff- maybe Gafford if he starts becomes a potential value. But not much else in Washington. Dallas and Brooklyn, so Luka Doncic, 11-5 in a great matchup. I think it looks pretty good. He's going to play close to 40 minutes. Um, obviously, he's going to do everything for the team. So, yeah, Luka, I don't have to tell you that he's a good play. Didn't win any Brunson. Don't really stand out to me. The rest of the team, kind of healthy besides Bullock. Reggie Bullock, that is. Um, maybe a guy like Maxi Kleba, 4K, becomes potential value. He was massive chalk against Houston and got, you know, three fouls, barely played. Um, but um, I think more often than I plays mid twenties minutes, which would make him an okay option on the Brooklyn side. So Kyrie not gonna be able to play in this game. So I do think keeping an eye on the the uh, news of Seth Curry and Camp Thomas, if they're both out, Brooklyn's gonna be extremely shorthanded. Like they might run a seven or eight man rotation. So like obviously Kyrie's not gonna play in this game. If those guys are out, KD is one, Drummond's two, Bruce Brown's three, Drogic's four, James Johnson's five, Clax- Claxton is six, Patty Mills is seven. Um, I do think uh, Caster Edwards will probably be in the rotation. That's eight. That's eight guys, right? And that's assuming those questionable guys, or the guys that missed tonight are out again. So this could be a situation where, where Brooklyn is shorthanded. And without Kyrie Irving, I mean, Kevin Durant, I think he looks really good. He's had some big, big games without Kyrie. So, um, yeah, uh, KD looks good. Drummond, if he can stay out of foul trouble, we know is a ceiling. Kind of a boomer bust play, though. But, like, these value options, like Bruce Brown, Drogic, James Johnson, Patty Mills, these are all guys that are going to look really good if, you know, um, those questionable players are out. So, actually, a good amount to like here for the Nets, but keep an eye on that news. Portland and New York, still missing a lot of players. Josh Hart at 8-6. I mean, if you think the Net, or if you think the Blazers can keep the game competitive, it's got to be because of Josh Hart. 72-47 and 47 over the last couple games. Watford's also played extremely well. He's playing huge minutes, 38-39 and 39 minutes. I think he's an okay option. Like, if we're going to get 40 minutes from Watford, then yeah, I think he's okay. Brandon Williams, of course, when he's massive chalk, goes for 50. Every other game, though, struggles, right? But no, no, I fade him at 80% ownership, 50 bomb. Every other game, massive bust. Like, you couldn't bust when I faded you at 80%. But yeah, Brandon Williams is okay at 6'5". He'll probably play over 30 minutes in a competitive game. Um, I will mention Chris Dunn, um, former Chicago Bulls legend. Uh, played 20 minutes off the bench. Uh, is actually a pretty good point for a guy. He fouled out in 20 minutes too. So like, I think Chris Dunn's kind of a sneaky value play at the Flatman um, role. Like, and who knows? But like, I would think he probably plays at least 15, 20 minutes. And he fouled out in 20 minutes last game. So kind of intrigued there by Chris Dunn at the Flatman price. But that is it for Portland. On the Knicks side, I mean, Julius Randle at 9-5, kind of just okay with it. He'll play big minutes. You know you know the drill by now. RJ Barrett at 7-7. Seven, seven. 
Um, it's played pretty well for this team, also playing huge minutes. So you know you're going to get big minutes for the two Knicks uh, studs. Alec Burks at 6K, another guy that should play mid-30s minutes. Kind of just a neutral play for me. Mitchell Robinson, I mean, if this guy can stay out of foul trouble, the ceiling is, is this. But, like, he's just always in foul trouble, like Jaron Jackson Jr., right? He's just always, always in foul trouble. But I obviously like the ceiling on Robinson. I think quickly off the bench makes for a decent option. I mean, he's been consistently playing, like, mid uh, to high 20s minutes. So at 5-1, he does have point guard shooting guard eligibility, which is nice. Fournier, absolutely hate playing this guy, but probably plays around 30 minutes, is score independent, but does have a ceiling if he knock down his shots. Phoenix and Houston. So, uh, I mean, if this game can stay competitive, these Suns guys look pretty good. The question is, can it, right? You know, so Devin Booker, 9-5, it's a great matchup, but like there's blowout risk. Campaign, same thing, right? He was on pace for 50 plus tonight. Just barely plays the second half. DeAndre Ayton, again, great spot, but potential blowout risk. So like the main guys look good if you think the game can stay competitive. I mentioned JaVale McGee, who I played at extremely low ownership tonight. Absolutely smashed. Again, he's going to be a very productive player when he's on the court. Um, so, like, I'm always intrigued by him if not a lot of value opens up. But, yeah, you got to factor in that there's a good chance these guys only play three quarters. On the Houston side, just an awful, awful team. I mean, my God, is this team just gross. Uh, Christian Wood, 7-9. Him and Kevin Porter Jr., if they want to keep the game competitive, it's got to be because of these two. So, they're okay contrarian plays, but neither are cheap. Jalen Green has actually played okay of late. Again, 6K, though, it's like, eh, eh. There's just not a lot that stands out. Uh, like Even some of the backups are a little bit pricey. Some of the game blows out. You can't even go there. So there's just not a lot of like in the Houston side. Lakers and, and Timberwolves. I mean, talk about awful teams. I mean, this LA Lakers team. I would be embarrassed if I was a Lakers fan right now. LeBron James, 11-2. Um, should play about 40 minutes in competitive game. If they want any chance to keep this game close, it's got to be LeBron James. So, obviously playable. Uh, and just not playing Westbrook. It's uh, not doing it. The mid-range guys like Monk, Mello, THT. THT probably the easiest guy to get to since he's the cheapest. Should play mid to high 20s minutes on the bench. Had a good game last game. Um, I do want to mention, though, that this is a big team against Minnesota. So, like, I'm not sure if the Lakers start LeBron at the 5. They might start Dwight or even Wenyan Gabriel at the 5. So, like, keep an eye on that starting lineup. But, like, Wendell Gabriel is actually a pretty good point per minute guy. If he starts the five, would think he's probably playing at least like 15 to 20 minutes. So like he could be a potential value if they do start him at the five or Dwight. Um, just keep an eye on the news. I'm not sure if the Lakers try to go small against Carl Anthony Towns. And Cat, again, how about that game last game? 60 real back-to-back nights where we had someone uh, go for 60 points. That is crazy. Kyrie tonight, Carl Anthony Towns last night. Um, you know, Towns, this is a great matchup. So I think he's in play. Now, obviously, the last game was an outlier, uh, but I think he's definitely viable. You know, D'Lo and, Ant- and Ant-Man are viable as well. We know, though, like, these guys are not really cashing plays, more tournament plays when all three are healthy. Now, just, like, can Minnesota stop listing everyone as questionable? Like, they just have, like, five guys listed as questionable every single slate. So, like, it's hard to break this down. Like, Patrick Beverly, if he plays, I think he's a pretty good value play. Should play 25 to 30 minutes. Obviously, a guy that can kind of do it all. Um, McDaniel's out. Vanderbilt's questionable. If Vanderbilt can't go, then like maybe we can look to like a, the dust of like Torian Prince, who might pick up a start if he's out too. So yeah, just keep an eye on the Minnesota news. But it's hard to break down because they have seventy players questionable. Thunder and the Spurs. I mean, talk about another mess of a team. Uh, now we have Shea Gildas Alexander questionable. So like if SGA misses this game, I mean, I don't know if the Thunder score seventy points in this game, but like. There is just a ton of usage to go around if SGA's out. It's like Maladon will look amazing, assuming he starts at the point. 
And the grouping, like Wiggins, Man, Poshevsky, Roby, Baisley would all look good. Baisley would probably be the go-to guy in offense at 5-6. Be way too cheap. Uh, can we talk about the Thunder, too? I, I talk about this a lot, but, like, every game, it's just picking names out of a hat for the starting lineup, right? You know, SGA and Baisley are going to start most nights. But everyone else, this night, oh, it's Olivier Saar. We're going to start him. This night, oh, it's Theo Maladon. How about whatever Lindy Waters is? Let's throw him in the starting lineup. But there's just no rhyme or reason. Every game is just a different starting lineup uh, for the Thunder. But, yeah, so, like, these these secondary players are going to look amazing if Shea is out. Um, Olivier Sarian started last game, played 32 minutes, was solid. Lindy Waters, I still don't believe that's a real person, but he's going to be – like, there's just – they're going to be really thin. So, uh, yeah, if Shea is out, there's a lot to like here on the Thunder side. On the Spurs side, so if this game can stay competitive, I think the shots Murray obviously has a ceiling. He's averaging like mid-50s fancy points every single game, so no issue going there. The rest of the Spurs, a little bit hard to prioritize anyone. Yaka Pertle's price has come down a bit to 7-1, but still feels a little bit pricey. Keldon Johnson's had a couple big games, but um, we know he has a floor as well. He's fine for tournaments. Not a lot else that's standing out for me on the Spurs side. Chicago and Utah, uh, nothing really stands out for me on the Chicago side. Levine's probable. Yeah, there's just nothing really here. Um, value-wise, Cruz are priced up a bit. I mean, Io's 4-8. Guess he's okay. Uh, but yeah, nothing uh, that I really like in the Chicago side and the Utah side. So I think the main guys look pretty good here. No Bogdanovich, no house. We'll get to that. But Rudy Gobert, great matchup. Should play low 30s minutes. I think he makes for a pretty safe play at 7-5. Donovan Mitchell, this game can stay competitive. He's going to play big minutes. Played 40 minutes last game. Shot 10 of 32. Whew. Uh, and Mike Conley, they they did say he's going to play a little bit more down the stretch. So he's been averaging about low 30s minutes a game as opposed to like mid-20s minutes. So like if we're going to get low 30s minutes from Mike Conley at 5-5, I do think he's a decent play in the mid-range. Now, obviously, last game was an outlier. We're not going to get 50 again from Conley. But I also think he's another pretty safe play. Um, but with Badanovich and Daniel House out, that's a lot of minutes to, to go around. So like Rudy Gay um, might pick up a start here. He's only 3.1K if he does. I think he's a pretty good value. You also... Uh, should see more minutes for Clarkson. So they kind of closed with a three-guard lineup of Conley, Clarkson, and Mitchell last game, um, along with Royce O'Neal and Gobert. So, like, there would be uh, – there's going to be more minutes to go around. So I think Clarkson's fine as well. Um, Royce O'Neal, 4-2. I mean, he's a fair value. Plus, he's going to play huge minutes. I don't hate him. Uh, but I think Rudy Gay, probably the, you know, the cheap option I would look to, assuming that he picks up the start. Boston and Golden State. So this game should be a great game to watch. Don't necessarily know if it's going to be a great game for DFS purposes. I mean, basically a fully healthy Boston team against a tough matchup like Golden State. So, like, if you want to take a shot in, like, a low on Tatum or low on Brown, okay. Rob Williams is 7K. There's just nothing here that stands out to me. On the Golden State side, another team that I just I can't stand. I hate Steve Kerr so much. I hate him so much. Um, Andrew Wiggins is questionable, another player that I absolutely hate. Um, if he misses, though... Um, keep an eye on the starting lineup. Last game, Kaminga started, and he played 28 minutes. Kaminga's a pretty solid point for a guy, so he could be a potential value play. Draymond Green, they took it easy on his minutes. They said they're going to take it easy on his first week or so, so can't go to Draymond yet. Clay Thompson's too pricey. Steph Curry had a sub-10K price point. I do think he's in play. Um, again, ceiling is there. Floor is low, though. So, like, Steph Curry, fine tournament play, but um, does have a low floor. As far as the rest of the Warriors go, I mean, Kavon Looney is, like, a fair play at 4-1. Otto Porter Jr., 4K, probably plays around 20 minutes. I guess that's fine. Not a lot else that stands on the Golden State side. Milwaukee and Sacramento. So, 
If you think this game stay competitive, I mean, I think the main guys for the Bucks look pretty good, especially Giannis. I mean, Sacramento's been awful defensively, so Giannis should be able to feast against this Kings defense. I mean, who's going to defend them? Like Harrison Barnes, I guess? So, yeah, yeah Giannis should be able to smash. Uh, the mid-range guys like Milton, Drew, and, and Portis all in play. We do have, um, where is he? Where's Brooke Lopez? Am I going crazy? Oh, I just missed it. But we do have Brooke Lopez back, so... You know, Bobby Portis, you know, minutes, might lose a couple minutes. But um, I think the main interest there is, Gian is Giannis. Grayson Allen is 3.9K. He probably sees mid-20s minutes. He's fair value. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it for Milwaukee. And moving on to Sacramento. So how about De'Aaron Fox? He's been playing extremely well. He's also playing, like, 40 minutes a game. So I don't hate Fox as a contrarian play. I don't think a lot of people play him. But... 58, 57, 70, and 52 fancy points over the last four games. So, like, obviously the ceiling is there. Sabonis, he caused me immense pain last night. Immense pain. I was so I was so happy about Sabonis' low ownership. I was like, yes. He had, like, 26, 27 and a half. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good, good night. Cardio second half. Just nothing. It's all the deer and Fox show. And the reason I saw on Sabonis was because you know, people, you know, were projecting for like low 30s minutes. And I was like, hey, all those games were massive foul trouble. He's not getting foul trouble every single game. Played 38 minutes. Like he's going to play close to 40 minutes if he's his out of foul trouble. So once again, I don't mind some bonus for tournaments. He caused me a lot of pain last game. Barnes is just there. We do have a Justin Holiday back. So kind of hurts the likes of DiVincenzo and Davion Mitchell. Both had good games last game and DiVincenzo started, but um, Justin Holiday is back. So those guys should lose some minutes, but keep buying the starting lineup. Like DiVincenzo played well in that starting lineup. So Maybe there's a chance he stays in the starting lineup. So, like, if he does, he could be a potential value play in a revenge game narrative against his former team. Um, Met two at 3-6. Probably plays around 20 minutes. That's fine. You know, might get extended if the game blows out. But um, final game here, Toronto and the Clippers. Another, you know, talk about pain. How about the Toronto Raptors? I mean, another team over the last three weeks. I've just lost infinite money with this team. Van Fleet, questionable. I expect him to play. He's questionable last game he played. So, like, if Van Fleet plays, there's nothing that really stands out here. If Van Fleet misses, obviously, like, Siaka, Barnes, Gear Trent are going to look better. Boucher probably plays more minutes. I do want to mention Prussia Chua. So, uh, he's been starting the last couple games. Ken Birch has kind of been phased out of the rotation. We saw 33 minutes from a Chua last game. Now, I'm not convinced we get 33 minutes again, but if we get, you know, mid-20s minutes from a 3.9K Chua, I actually think he's a pretty good value play. So, um, yeah, I actually don't mind a Chua. Thad Young is really, really cheap. Probably plays 15 to 20 minutes. That's fine for a guy that can kind of stuff the stat sheet. But, um, yeah, like I said, Ken Birch kind of been phased out of the rotation. So, um, that's good for the likes of Precious Chua. I don't think he plays 30-plus minutes again, but we don't need him to. If he plays like mid-20s minutes, I think he's going to be a pretty solid value. And finally, the Clippers. So, basically fully healthy team now outside of the main guys, obviously. So, like, there's nothing that really stands out. You can look to Zubach and a GPP. He had a big game last game with both Reggie and Morris out. But like a lot of these, some of these guys were priced up from when Reggie and Morse are out. Now Reggie and Morse are in. Harden seen a 4-5. I mean, he'll back up Zubach if the game blows out. He does have a ceiling. But there's really nothing that stands out for me on the Clipper side. So that's going to wrap it up for the video today, guys. If you haven't enjoyed the content, just make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. And really appreciate you guys coming to check out the live stream today. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. We'll try to do more in the future. Obviously not every day, but um yeah i'll try to do q a live streams more uh down the line so thanks then guys have a great night and i will see you everyone in the next video